following message by Pastor Jim Whitfield was recorded live at Eagles Nest Christian Fellowship of Raleigh, North Carolina. Feel free to open your Bible and join with us for this teaching from the Word of God. Already seen his mansion and, and uh, sat down on that sofa that just comfort reached out and grabbed him and amen. And he's blessed. So we are envious of him. Now, in that sense, I believe you can be envious. Uh, envying other people and how they're blessed of God. No need to be blessed, be envious like that, those that are here, because you can have whatever they have. Isn't that the truth? Well, praise the Lord. Um, thank you, Jesus. Tonight, we're going to talk about the working of miracles. Everybody say, the working of miracles. Say, oh God. I am desperate to work a miracle. I am in love with the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. You have set miracles in the church. I believe it is your design that I work miracles. Thank you for it. I expect it. I claim it in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, and we know gifts is italicized, and a better rendering would have been spirituals, because he said gifts, so he's talking about plural, so spirituals would have been plural of gifts, right? Amen. Things of and pertaining to the Holy Ghost. Brethren, writing to the church, I would not have you ignorant. Now, we have, and the church has, been ignorant of most of the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? And I'm going to tell you this boldly, that if you're ignorant of the gifts of the Spirit, the devil, your adversary, is going to play dumb, goofed-up tricks on you and deceive you. We talked about, we're talking about here, if you look at our first one, we're discussing the three power gifts. Let's go ahead and read this, and I have a little something to say to you before I get into it. Uh, let's just go down to verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit, and that's what we're all after, is given to who? Every Say, every man means me. Amen. To profit with all. So he's given to you, not just for you, but basically to profit others. For to one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And we understand this is not the regular faith, that's special faith, the Amplified says. To another, the gifts of healing, and the Greek is healings, plural, by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, that's what we're talking about tonight. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these work of that one and self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So we're talking about the three power gifts now. The, the gifts of the Spirit divided into three categories. And number one, we talk about the revelation gifts, the power gifts, and the inspirational gifts. Now, revelation gifts, remember, means that something is revealed to you. It means that it's beyond your ability to have the understanding of something. So all of these are gifts of the Spirit. Now, there's natural human knowledge that comes to us, and there's common sense. And I wish most people would just walk in common sense instead of their feelings, instead of their relatives, instead of their friends, their associates, people they hang around with. Now, the gift of the word of knowledge is facts in the mind of God about people, places, and things concerning the past and present. Something God wants you to know right now. You have no means of knowing that, and so he gives it to you because you are desperate to know it. And the Spirit wills, and you just it's just all of a sudden, knowledge comes on you, comes in you. Your mind is illuminated. Something is revealed to you that you didn't know. The gift of uh, the word of wisdom has to do with the future. It's always directive, isn't it? The gift of discerning of spirits. 
Now, what's this one here? Discerning of spirits. You discern what spirit it is you're dealing with. Now, you may just have, be having coffee with the devil and you don't know it. You're talking about Jesus with the devil and you don't know it. And I told you about Audrey, remember? And that was a prime example where I, I didn't have, I did not get discerning of spirits. But here's something I want you to get. If you don't get anything else, like get this, don't be drunk on ignorance. Amen. Bible says be sober. Don't be drunk on ignorance. Now concerning malice, we ought to be children, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12. But concerning these things here, we ought to be adult. If God doesn't give you a gift of spirit, or you, maybe you're not aware of it, you don't believe in it, that's one reason to shut it off. But there's some things, it doesn't take much, it doesn't take discerning of spirits to understand some people are goofed up. And you're going to hook up with goofed up peoples and here's, bless their darling hearts and stupid heads. Their heart's right, but the head's wrong. And some of them are just notoriously going to do it the way they want to do it. And they don't believe nothing. I don't care what the preacher says. I don't care what the pastor says. Hey, one guy said, I know it's in the Bible, but. So uh, you don't even need discerning the spirits. If somebody lies, what do you need discerning the spirits for? You know that they are of the devil if they're lying. If they're lying about you, talking about you, running down somebody else, putting somebody else down, you don't need discerning of spirits, and honey, God's not going to give it to you. Especially if you are a Christian, been reading your Bible, you ought to have enough common sense to understand when you're dealing with a demon. And people can say, thus saith the Lord, and talk holy, and thou, and thus, and soeth, and whatsoever, and sound real spiritual. But honey, I'll tell you what, if you lie one time to me, whenever your mouth moves, you lying. That's just the way I am about it. I don't need discerning. We, you know, we, we just... We just follow any old thing, get hooked up with any old body, and any old thing, people get mad. You know, where's God in that? Blow up, leave a church, lie about people, and we want to hang around them. And so you, Mr. Smarty Pants, wants to be partaker of another man's sins. And you, well, you know, if they, were, if they were wrong, God would have showed me. Honey, what did he need to tell you when you know, you know what people do? How can strife and fault finding and bickering and backbiting and running down somebody else and all of this, how can that be of God to start with? Where, you show me where Jesus is in that. Said, well, but the Lord told them to leave the church. I guess he did. I'm glad he did tell them. And see, this is, this is what stirs me, what makes me so upset at the devil. I'm not fighting flesh. I'm not going to anymore. I don't have to. I know who the, who the enemy is, and he's the one that I'm coming against. But, but people who know better can just get swallowed up. You just let their wife get offended, and the husband's offended. Or you just let that little group get offended, and the whole group's offended. One little person in the group. Don't make any difference what Jesus has to say about the matter. Just look, I'm talking about people that speak in tongues. Do this. I wonder what tongue they're speaking in and who has given them the utterance of it. I've already preached me happy. I don't know whether you like it or not. Church, when I get back from Africa, you better come with your seatbelts on. Are y'all out there, church? All right, here we are. We're talking about now the three power gifts, so I had to say that because it's just in my heart, and I'm pastor, and, and so when you become pastor of church, you can say what you want to say. Until you do, you're not pastor here. Amen. All the gifts of the Spirit are important to the body of Christ. Can you say amen to that? We're told to covet the best gifts, and I, I believe this is the true statement that, you know, whatever gift you need, I mean, it's probably the best gift to you at that moment. But if I had to look at the church now, if I had to look at the church and say, 
what would be the best gifts? Under three categories, the power gifts, the revelation gifts, and the inspirational utterance gifts, which are the gift of prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues with interpretation of tongues. Uh, and then the power gifts are the gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. If I had to look at the church and say which ones I really believe are best for the church, it had to be the power gifts because there's such a lack of them. You might as well say amen to that because it's true anyhow. And Paul says, he writes to us and he says, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, things of them pertaining to the Holy Ghost, brethren, I will not have you to be ignorant. And look, the things he don't want us ignorant about, we're the most ignorant about. This is the plan of the devil. The church is the most ignorant of the power gifts. Therefore, the only cure I see for this is to teach the church and eliminate this kind of ignorance. Amen. Jesus could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few folk with minor ailments and healed them, and then he went about the cities and villages teaching. Teaching. There's the cure for it. So I believe it is time, I believe it is time for the church to begin to major on the power gifts. Today we major on programs, uh, we, and which may be fine. We major on facilities, which may be fine. What have you got for my children? What have you got for this? Do you have any young adults program? Do you have this for this? Do you have any singles ministry? Do you have this here? Are you going to feed us when we come? Are you going to feed us every time we come? Do we have glasses of water out there for you? Do we have a popularity contest? Is your pastor a PhD? I mean, has he got all these titles? Does he wear his collar around backwards? Do you have stained glass windows? Do you have it warm or is it cold or whatever? Is the music too loud? Instead of majoring on the power of God, which is the only thing that's important. Because what is our purpose here? Not to titillate your fantasies and to bless your little flesh, but to reach the masses of the people out there in the world. That's our purpose, honey. If you're not going to do that, die, get out of our way. Forgive me. It just, you know, I look at it, I, sometimes I, can't, I just, I can't hardly stand to watch Christian television because of the unbelief that comes out and the things that they're doing that they call important. Majoring on minors. We major today on money. That's what we got to have. Major on this. Me, me, mine, mine. What about Luke 6 through 8? Give and it shall be given. They like that, it shall be given. But how about that first one? Give. Yeah. Everybody say give. give. Say it's more blessed, more blessed. to give, give than to receive. I can tell you the people in town don't believe that. But they think because I'm rich, I must be of God. Well, so was Hitler and Mussolini then. Y'all didn't get that, did you? If because you're rich makes you of God, then you just pick, I can pick out some rich folks here today you know are not of God. Hallelujah. I believe I will. Amen. <laughs> Look at here. Sinners don't come to church. And that's true. And most of the church is satisfied to have their Christian life just in the four walls of the church building on Sunday morning once in a while. But if we have the heart of God, which is reaching the masses of the people, we're not going to reach them without the power of God. Paul writes to us in 1 Corinthians 2. Let's all go look at it. Look at it in your Bible. Oh, I love it. Don't you love the Bible? Amen. Say, Pastor, Pastor, preach the Bible. All right. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellently of speech. Well, that would have eliminated all the people from Chapel Hill, basically. <laughs> or of wisdom. Declaring to you the testimony of God. My words were not great. I trembled. I shook. I'm a short man. He said that. <laughs> For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. <laughs> I believe Paul's list of messages were short. But they were good, weren't they? And as I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Great day. Folks would have got out and walked out on him today. Because they could not hang around long enough till the power showed up. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit. That's Holy Ghost. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about Holy Ghost. And of what? And of what? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of who? The power of God. Every great revival throughout Christendom history where the masses are one to Christ has always been accompanied with miracles, Signs and wonders, always. 
When John the Baptist heard of the works of Christ, he sent his two disciples to Jesus with this question. Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? <laughs> look at the answer Jesus gave them. I got it all written out for you. All you can take this and go preach it. I mean, I already got the whole sermon laid out for you here. Isn't that nice of me? Yeah. Matthew 4, 11, 4 and 5. Look what he said. Go and show John again those things which you do here and, not only that, see. Hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor, <laughs> the gospel preached unto them. We started a church in a town called Larned, Kansas, in the uh, central part of the, the country, in the central part of Kansas, in the wheat fields of central Kansas. And basically, that's what it was. They grew wheat out there. And most of it was farmland. And had, it was only about 5,000 people in that town. And uh, I, we started to work in the, in the 4-H building. And so, nobody, so we rented it, you know, on, uh, on Sundays and Wednesday evenings. And uh, I, I remember one night preaching and, and all, man, it, I'm the new thing. You know, when you've got a town of 5,000, it don't take long for people to hear about you. I mean, that's a small community, isn't it? And so out, and there's a new preacher in town, and they, he's got a group of people. We started a church, and the first morning, 60 people showed up. That's pretty good. I thought that's pretty good. And uh, I don't know much, but I, I can preach what I know, you know. And, uh, and so I went there, and I would preach along this line about, uh, you know, miracles, signs, and wonders. And I got to talking about raising folks from the dead. It's about the third, I guess, it was on a Tuesday, midweek service. It was about third or fourth, whatever, uh, service we'd had. And, man, I eliminated a few people. Well, now, we're not going to talk about no raising folks from the dead. And they tell me that the ladies came out and told me, their, their wives come in, said, the men of this town are afraid of you. Is that a fact? Well, thank God. Amen. Christian leaders, Christian leaders that had come out of churches that were deacons and elders in churches were afraid of me because I mentioned about raising the dead. Everybody say, why not? <laughs> if it's not time for it to die, let's just stop the spirit of death. Amen. Tell him to go and command him to come back. Jesus said, the works, say it, the works that I do. Shall ye do? Now, I got a thought here. I can't wait till the end of the service. I got to say it now, Pastor, Pastor uh, Contality. I got to say it now. Now, this is something you got to learn here. Have you ever wonder why we preach this? Why you don't see this in the churches? You ever wonder why you don't see it? Let me tell you, you go right back to 1 Corinthians 12 and you find out. Uh, 11 or 12, somewhere on there. Anyhow, he says, covet the gifts, didn't he? Covet. Now, see, here's what we do. You read that and you say, this, the Bible is God speaking to me. And that's right. You point your finger at yourself and say, the Bible is God speaking to me. You don't have to say that. I'm just telling you what we, we, you, know, you do. <laughs> Anyhow... <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we read that and we think that he's talking to you, and he is. But that was written to the church at Corinth. Here's why we don't see it. Now, you may see it in other places. We're going to see it in two weeks. Okay, but here, the church here doesn't covet the gifts. So he's telling you that if you want it, then the church body collectively has got to get hungry Got to fall in love with the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Amen. Throw out all that unbelief stuff that we were taught in the past about it being gone and all that and put it in the now. And when we get hungry for it and we as a group of body of believers together, he's speaking to the Corinthian church. When we do and we get one accord and we go to God and we ask for them in faith, I believe that the Holy Spirit will manifest these gifts in our midst. It only takes just a few miracles. We were in uh, the, what was that hotel down in Crabtree we were in, Lindsay? What was that? You weren't there, were you? Huh? You with us when we were there? I know all about it. You know all about it. I heard that story before. We'll tell it again. <laughs> Let me tell you what. One, one Sunday morning, I, I, I don't really remember what I was talking about. But there was a manifestation of the Spirit. I believe it might have been that morning where there was this lady in this wheelchair who I just got in her face and kept preaching, kept preaching, kept preaching, kept preaching. And it was just like the Holy Spirit kept me there, kept me there. And I kept preaching right in her because I knew he wanted to ride that chair. 
And she just afterwards, you know, you talk to her and you find out, you know, ah, I don't know, I don't want to. Some people are afraid to take a miracle. But I went over and did something, and the power of God hit. One fellow knocked him out of his chair onto the floor. His wife is hysterical. <laughs> and they don't know what's going on. He's never seen anything like this in his life. And he says, they say in so many words, I will never bother that church again. <laughs> now, for us who know a little bit about the power of God, it's not unusual. There was a man in the, in, in the denominational setting where, where mom grew up, where I grew up, and I never got to see him, but she talked to, uh, uh, I knew a fellow who knew him. Matter of fact, this fellow told me that this happened to him. He went to one of his servants. He's, he's an evangelist. He was persecuted in his own denomination because the power of God was there. People see angels and people get persecuted for seeing angels. We ought to persecute people for not believing in seeing angels. Yes. Well, not persecuting anybody. We ought to correct them, right? And this fellow said he went to the meeting and said he didn't really believe it. And said he stood up and the man spoke to him and the power of God hit him and knocked him completely to the back of the room. He said he believed it from then on. Amen. <laughs> A few miracles will run. The word will spread like wildfire. And the masses will come to hear and to be healed and to be delivered. Are you with me? Look here, notice, Acts 2, 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man, approved of God among you. How? By miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you. If miracles, signs, and wonders approve the ministry of the Son of God, then, honey, it will certainly take no less for us when we proclaim the gospel. Paul writes to us and says in Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Now, let's look at the work of the miracles. Let's find out what it's not. Let's find out what it is. Let's understand it. It just seemed like when I got to doing this, these outlines here for you, that the Lord showed me a simple way for you to understand it. It's just break it down and tell you what it's not. You know, sometimes you look at what something's not, and you understand what it is, and it'll help you. So everything that God does is miraculous, but not everything is a miracle. Now, what it's not? Sunrise is not a miracle. Now, probably the first time that it ever rose, it was. But it rose tomorrow. It's not a miracle anymore. A rose is not a miracle. Everybody looks at, oh, that's a miracle. Childbirth. Oh, we got a miracle baby. I would say that it's probably miraculous, but not a miracle. You know, um, these are everyday occurrences. Salvation or the new birth. Now, listen to me carefully. Generally speaking, it's, it's a miracle. But specifically speaking, it is no more miracle than natural birth. It is supernatural. It didn't happen with anything about the earth. It come from heaven. But it is a normal, normal, regular act of the spirit world, isn't it? It happens all the time. It is a normal, it is not a normal, a working of miracles, it's not a normal, regular event or act. What is the working of miracles? It is a, number one, a specific act. Number two, it is an intervention into the ordinary course of nature. In other words, nature goes this way, and all of a sudden, it's intervened, so it's an intervention, and then nature doesn't do what it normally does. For instance, let's just say, you went to the beach, <laughs> and the work of the miracles come to you, and what work of miracles is, it's a power gift. And it's what it is, it is God's, it is a taste of God's omnipotence that comes on you for a purpose. Now, God couldn't just give it. It's got to be as the Spirit wills, because if he just gave it to everybody, I mean, folks go down the street and get mad, somebody pull them, they just blow the whole thing away, you know. They put their car over there in the sea somewhere. Well, let's say you went to the beach. I'm just hypothetically speaking here, you know. I'm just messing around with it. And, and all of a sudden, you liked it when the tide was in. And you just said the tide will not go out no more. It's going to stay in. Now, if the tide stayed in, that would be a work of the miracles. That's, a, that's an intervention into the ordinary course of nature, Right? I mean, you, you superseded nature. Something happened that doesn't normally happen. You understand part of what I'm saying when I talk about that? Okay. Uh, it does havoc on the laws of nature, splitting seas, floating axe heads, changing water to wine, and raising the dead would come in the category of a working of miracles. 
A miracle is a supernatural intervention into the ordinary course of nature, a temporary suspension of the accustomed order, an interruption of the system of nature as we know it and is operated by the force of the Spirit, Holy Ghost. Did you get all that? That's the reason I give you outline you study it. God's miracle power comes upon an individual. It is not natural ability. It is not natural strength. It is not something you can get at Bible school. It's not something you can get by hearing the word. It is not because faith comes by hearing the world. Regular faith comes by hearing the world. But then there's a time, you remember we talked about special faith? Super, talking about God's faith. It's beyond your faith. You need another faith to get it. Wigglesworth said he, that he prayed this all of a sudden he got to the point where he went beyond his faith and he got to a point where he would not be denied and he took hold of heaven and then special faith raised the individual from the dead. Now that was special faith. Here we're talking about an act where the gift of faith believes for a miracle. Here the work of a miracle does a miracle. Works a miracle. Causes a miracle, uh, an intervention into the ordinary course of nature. It is a gift of power. It turns people into supermen or superwomen. It is a wonder working act. Most miracles make people wonder. There's some things you can't explain. Bible talks about miracles, signs, and wonders. Miracle, you can understand it. But a wonder is like we said, just something that makes everybody sits around wonders. What was that? But it was the power act of God. It is something that nature doesn't normally do. Purpose of it. It could be a sign. To display God's power. Prove it to you from the Word. To prove God is with someone. All right? Acts 2, 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs. So it can prove God is with someone. It will be to confirm the message. Remember Jesus said that he went forth and worked with them, confirming the word with signs following. It confirms the gospel message. It will also advertise the gospel. We say it like this, it's like a dinner bell. Any of you ever worked on a farm and understand that little triangle? Now, some places they have to take a, a steel, and it's a triangle steel, and they just go inside that thing, and it tells everybody in the field that's dinner time. When the book of Acts, chapter 2, the first gift miracle of tongues, it had never happened before. So here's a working a miracle. Now, for me to speak in tongues every day is not a miracle because it's an ordinary course of the spirit realm. See what I'm saying? Amen. When they spoke in tongues, it was like a dinner bell. It called the masses to hear, to see. Once they saw the miracle, now they're ready for Peter to preach the word to them, and 3,000 come to the kingdom of God out of one miracle. Hallelujah. Every man heard everybody speak in his own language. That was a miracle of tongues. It, uh, it is something that is needed beyond man's ability. It is something needed beyond nature's order. It is, maybe it could be deliverances needed or to provide for those in want. There are miracles of supply or to carry out divine judgment. These are just some of the things. And I was just writing, I was trying to think of all the things I could think of that reasons why or purpose behind it. This gift was more prominent in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. Although people were healed in the Old Testament, the gifts of healings were more in operation in the New Testament. If you'll read the book of Acts, you'll see that. Old Testament examples, well, we'd have to go, number one, to Genesis chapter one. And from there, you can see the gift of faith and the work of the miracles. I mean, a bunch of them. The, when God created the heavens and earth, it took the work of the miracles. You know that, right? Uh... When God created the first man and the first woman, it took first man, first woman, it took the work of the miracles. After that, the law of Genesis set in motion, and that's an ordinary thing in the course of nature, isn't it? So it's not a miracle when a child is born. But the first man, out of dirt, put it together and formed it, probably spit and made clay or whatever, and breathed in it, that's a miracle. That's miraculous. You seen anybody else do that?
They're trying to invent a way to do it. God just makes claim breathes life into it, and it comes alive. And there ain't no flaws in it either. Right? <laughs> when Jesus was raised from the dead, it took the work of the miracles. It had to because the Bible tells us in the prayer that Paul prayed that the exceeding greatness of God's power is to usward who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So the first resurrection from spiritual death into spiritual life was a miracle. Now everyone that is born of God, because he's the firstborn, but then there became a secondborn, thirdborn, fourthborn, fifthborn, all down the line there we are, right? And so, but then they said it's a supernatural thing. It is an operation of the spirit world, but it's not a miracle anymore because it's a regular ongoing thing. Are y'all following me here? Everybody say, oh God, I want to work a miracle. Do you really? Well, if you believe in the first chapter of, uh, uh, 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, and you believe in the nine manifestations of the spirit, and you're available and you're not fighting it, and you get in a situation where it's needed, lay claim on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you go preach the gospel to the masses, you need it. You have to have it. He said, go. And as they went and preached, he confirmed the word with sign following, miracles, things happen, right? So a lot of people don't put themselves in a position where it can work. So there are numerous working of miracles in Genesis 1. Then in Exodus 7, how many of you remember the uh, Hebrew children coming out of Egypt and how God sent Moses down to Pharaoh and told him, let my people go. And then there was miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, sign after sign. There was the miracle of the plagues. There was deliverance of miracles. Look at Romans chapter 9 for a second and look at a verse of scripture here. I read years ago and never forgot it. Romans 9, verse 17, comes to me quite often. Paul, I mean, Paul writing to us, but God, by, by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, for the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. I'm going to get glory out of this. And so sometimes the work of the miracles, and you know, to Pharaoh, I mean, God just revealed, when he took, he took dust and turned it into flies, or, or what was it, into uh, insects, that's a miracle. <laughs> I mean, God took dust particles and turned the dust into insects. I mean, you know that that's not a regular thing. <laughs> Norval Hayes used to say, or says about the gift of faith, that that's not your regular kind of faith. Well, this is not the regular thing that happens every day. If it happens every day, it's not a miracle. But when there's an intervention into the ordinary course of nature, I mean, just do havoc on it. So God sent miracle after miracle into him. Then there's the Red Sea. Uh, go to Exodus 15. Let's look at this. We're talking about what gift? The working of what? Miracles, amen. Exodus 15 and verse 8, look what it says. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as an heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. Great, day in the morning. With the blast of his nostrils. Look at here. But look, and see, now Moses, they're, they're up there at, at, at the Red Sea, and here comes the Egyptians, and he's crying to God, and God says, you got the rod. So he smote the waters, and, and, and the Red Sea split. Now, it took the Red Sea, it took the gift of miracles to do that. How many know that? Now, and then it congealed them, made jello out of it. I mean, that water, if you'd have touched the, if you'd have touched the side of that water, it'd have been like, because he said congealed. That's the end of what happens to jello? It congeals, right? <laughs> it'd been like jello. And he looked inside, and all the fish are just hung in the jello. They can't go nowhere. <laughs> right? Now, it took the gift of the working of miracles to do it, but it took the gift of faith to keep it up. Yes. So here you have that oftentimes they are different. The gift of faith believes for a miracle. The working of miracle works one. And they work together at times. Now, like we told you before, if somebody's raised from the dead, it's going to take the gift of faith, working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. 
He died of a disease. But yet, the same Holy Ghost can work all through him as he wills. Because we believe in the 12th chapter. Say, I believe, I believe. in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Hallelujah! <laughs> See now, uh, the Bible tells us in Luke 5 that there were Pharisees and Dr. Law in all of this place as he was teaching the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Meaning then that the reason the power was present because remember Jesus told us to go preach and he would confirm the word with sign following. So he's, if, if you're going to go out and preach new birth to people, then the power will be there to pray, to heal people or save people, won't it? But if you're teaching the power of God, if you're teaching on healing, preaching on healing, then the power of God will be present to heal, won't it? If we're talking about miracles, then the power of God is there to confirm miracles as the Spirit wills. Hallelujah. But those people didn't believe in the work of the miracles. Those people didn't believe in the gifts of healings. Those people didn't believe in the power of gifts. But there was a guy on a stretcher who took and tore up the roof. He believed that the power was present. And he was let down and his faith made him whole. His faith tapped right into the gifts of healings right there. Glory to God. Are y'all with me tonight? Amen. Working a miracle split it. Special faith upheld it. Many others are mentioned and we don't have a lot of time and space, but we'll talk about a few. Look at this one. I, I like this one. Deuteronomy 29. I don't know how many of you looked at this lately, but this is good. Deuteronomy 29. Here's God speaking to them. And look what he says in verse 5. I have led you 40 years in this wilderness. Your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. You walked for 40 years and didn't wear out your shoe? <laughs> Honey, that ain't bad, is it? I know my wife wasn't looking for it. She'd be looking for a Walmart somewhere. Just show the world. Got to be a Walmart around here somewhere in this wilderness. <laughs> no, God says believe in the work of the miracles. How many believe our God's a miracle-working God? How many believe that he's still a miracle-working God right now? That he'll work a miracle right this moment, Amen. without a doubt. Amen. Say, I serve, serve. miracle-working God. Miracle My, father My Father is purely miraculous. Purely miraculous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, they tell me that Martha Stewart had inside information. <laughs> And so she sold her shares or whatever and, and, and uh, made money and they want to hang her for it. Uh, but, you know, I mean, you know, the people bought them things. They took a chance anyhow. Yeah. I mean, you play the world system, you just, you just play in Russian roulette anyhow. Well, how about, you know, when, you know what is so good? The Bible talks about comfort of the scriptures when you're going into a situation where it's going to take the miraculous and you've already got inside information about your father that he's a miracle working God and that he'll always be there to match it or beat it no matter what it is. Amen. His power is greater. Glory to God. I love it, don't you? So 40 years without wearing out their clothes or their shoes, that's pretty good. 1 Kings 17, we don't have time to go into all this, but remember the uh, ravens fed the prophet? Let's go looking at it anyhow. We got time. We got till Jesus comes, don't we? <laughs> I just got to go. You ain't got to go. Well, I got to do this. You ain't got to do anything, but like my daddy told you, pay taxes and die. There's the only two things you got to do. Amen. You got to get saved, don't you? 1 Kings, 1 Kings, 1 Kings. You're laughing with me, not at me, aren't you? Amen. Just want to get that clear. Amen. First Corinthians, First Kings, seventeen, and it came to pass those things, uh, verse two, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, unto Elijah, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Kirith, that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went, <laughs> did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Kirith, that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him two McDonald's every day for lunch. 
probably bought him a McGriddle in the morning. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And a low-fat salad at night. Amen. <laughs> Bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Glory to God until it, until it dried up, and then he grumbled at God for drying up. And then God said, all right, go down to the widow woman. Now, you're in the same chapter, aren't you? There's the work of the miracles for them birds to come feed them every day, wasn't it? And you worried about what you're going to eat tomorrow. See, all the Egyptians, you know, God rained down manna every day for them, didn't he? Day after day after day after day after day after day. And they were afraid every day he wasn't going to be in the manna tomorrow. God should have dropped 40 years of manna one time. Just dropped it at one time. Made them march around the manna pile for 40 years. <laughs> you imagine how big a manna pile that would have been. I mean, it would have took them 40 years to walk around a manna pile. All right, you in 1 Kings, uh, verse 9. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded the widow woman to sustain thee. I've commanded the poorest of the women to sustain thee. God's going to work a miracle, isn't he? So he arose and went to Zarephath, and he went, when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was gathering of the sticks, and I saw that. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water. See, when you walk down the road or drive down the road and you see these ladies, bless their hearts, heart goes out to them, they got their sticks on their head that they're going to go try to sell so they can eat today. That'll do something to you. You won't ever grumble about America again. And you'll get upset when people run their mouth about our country. What we get upset with is stingy, grumbling, complaining people. We're blessed here, aren't we? And look what this prophet said. Verse 10, And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was gathering her sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and he said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in the cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Whew, prophet's got to do something. This woman called herself dead. And Elijah said to her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me a little cake first. Now we can get off on this right here now. And, and, and just have a little tangent here. And we can see here a great provision made here. Miracle of supply. Ravens feeding him. If you're preaching God's word, if you're doing his will, there's no way. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. If you're doing what God told you to do, we have a right to expect. I teach a sermon and Brother, Brother Lindsay is going to teach uh, my, my message is on the works of God, works of Jesus in the school starting Saturday. But the last one, he's not going to teach that, but one I teach called, it's not my business. In other words, you may work for somebody who has a corporation. You don't own the corporation, you're just a hired hand. You go to work in their company, they're supposed to fly you, supply you with everything you need to get the job done. Right? Well, this is not my corporation. It's all owned by God. I expect him to supply the tools. What? the gift of faith, the work of the miracles, and the gifts of healings, so I can do the job that I'm called to do. Amen. Amen. And he has already supplied the tools. Our faith to believe it and walk in it, right? So, he, so here's this prophet who's been fat-catting it on McDonald's two or three times a day. And now he's going to go down and he tells the widow woman, he says, well, we're going to make our little cake here and we're going to die. He said, well, before you die, make me one first. You didn't hear what I said, Mr. Prophet. Take from me. No, God just out to bless you and multiply what you've got supernaturally through the gift of the work of the miracles. Amen. Amen. Drought was in the land, but she did what he said and didn't grumble about it. And here's something else you got. You know what? I've got $100 in the bank. 
but I need this. Well, take the $100 you got and use it to pay it. Start with what you got. We don't think like God thinks. We put ourselves in a position where it takes God's power or we flop. That's when God's power shows up. So she did what he said, and the meal barrel wasted not, neither cruise of oil, until it rained again. And I think it was about a year or two years. How long was it? Or at least, how long did it last? Was it? The Bible says many days, but it means a full year. A full year. Well, what you boys got out there? Feed them. We ain't got no. Oh, we got some little boys' lunch. Oh, you do? Bring it here. He blessed it. And began it. Every time he reached in, there was a fish. Every time he reached there was a fish. Miracle of supply. How many believe in miracles? So, we got that. The walls of Jericho, that's working a miracle. Sun standing still, that's a working a miracle. The fiery furnace, there's a working a miracle. Samson walked in it, lived in miracles. The ministry of Jesus, Jesus turned the six water pots, fill them up, turned the water into wine. That was a miracle. What's the purpose? Jesus said in John 14, believe me or else believe me for the very work's sake. The works, working of miracles. Feeding 5,000, John 6, off of one little boy's lunch. That's the working of miracles. The widow of Nain's son, he stopped the funeral, raised him from the dead. That's the working of miracles. And his resurrection was the working of miracles. Let's look at some New Testament examples. Acts chapter 4. Are you with me tonight? Are we having fun? We must be in church then. That's where you have fun at. Acts chapter 4. Verse 33. Look what it says. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. Go to chapter 5, verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Wow. Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that possessed with them, many taken with the pauses and that were lame were healed. There was great joy in the city. I believe, it doesn't explain in detail here, casting out a demon not necessarily takes the work of the miracles, but I believe while he was preaching, they just started coming out. And so that's miraculous, isn't it? While you're teaching, people get healed. That's what we're expecting, aren't we? Amen. If we take the word to them, there it is. So we see deliverances of unclean spirits and miracles. Then there's a divine judgment. Now, I've had a little change of heart here on this. In Acts 5, concerning Ananias and Sapphira, if you'll look here, Peter knew evidently by a word of knowledge that Ananias, Satan had, Satan had filled his heart to lie to the Holy Ghost. And he was talking to him. And while Peter was talking to him, this had to have been the working of miracles because Peter didn't evidently know what was going to happen. While he was speaking, Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. Working, we're talking about now for divine judgment. And then Ananias comes in, and then Peter knows now what has already happened. He that has, they that have taken your husband up have come to get you also, and she fell dead. There's an area of judgment. We remember also Elamus the sorcerer, who um, was out to turn the people away from what Paul was preaching, and Paul called him a child of the devil. He said, you'd be blind for a season. He worked a miracle. That was divine judgment, smote the man blind. Now, that, that had a little effect upon that gentleman, don't you reckon? Sure it did. How about when Paul was bitten by the viper and he just shook it off? Working of miracles. Howard Carter said, the working of miracles is a very important manifestation of the Spirit. It is the mighty power of God flowing through a person. A little of the omnipotence of God who created the heavens and the earth is manifested in a person. 
Young's Concordance says the Greek means the working of powers. It is explosions of almightiness. It means compelling, staggering wonders and astonishment. What about today? Samson had a miracle ministry. He constantly walked in the miraculous. He ripped lines to shreds. Judges 15 says, And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, With the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass, have I slain a thousand men. That's the working of miracles. Elisha did twice as many miracles as Elijah. When his, with his mantle, he smote the waters of the Jordan, and they parted. Each of these individuals are a type of the New Testament church. The church is supposed to have a ministry of miracles. Signs. Wonders. Everybody say the church is supposed to have a ministry of miracles. Signs. Wonders. And how are we going to have them? Number one, when we get in one accord, become one voice unto God and go to him and ask for these things in our midst. Father, in the name of Jesus. Everybody say, Father, Father. in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We believe believe. in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. We believe believe. in the gifts of the Spirit. Spirit. Right now we're talking about the power gifts. We believe in the gift of faith, special faith, God's faith coming upon us to believe in a miracle. We believe in the gift of working of powers, working of miracles, manifestations of God's power, astonishing the people in one accord, in agreement right now. We ask for that in our midst to profit with all. In the name of Jesus, amen. How many of you are one with me now? Come on. You're one with me tonight in this. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands and praise him. Let's worship him. Come on. Hallelujah. How oh, we worship you, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for granting us the power of gifts. We thank you, Father, for the gift of faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings. Hallelujah. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you. We thank you, Father. In our midst, you're moving mightily. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The omnipotence of God who created the heavens and the earth. Glory to God. Miraculous manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The mighty power of God flowing through us and in us, Father. Explosions of all mightiness. The working of powers. Compelling, staggering wonders and astonishment. In our midst, in the name of Jesus, for the glory of God. Hallelujah. To show forth your power, to confirm the message with signs following. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Miracles are needed in this world today. Miracles, Father. Glory to God. To shake up the world, to shake up the church. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. You can finish the rest of it standing up. Each of these individuals, Samson and Elisha, did twice as many miracles. And when Samson walked in it, the Bible says that he wist not that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. Now, he operated really in what would be like in 1 Corinthians 12. How many of you know? Then it tells us that God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that helps, governments, miracles, healings, yeah. gifts of tongues. That God set miracles in the church, honey, and tried to tell me that miracles passed away. 
Has the church passed away? Are we part of another church? God said it in the church. Miraculous signs and wonders. I love it. Uh, uh, Workings of powers. Explosions of almightiness. Compelling people. Staggering wonders and astonishment. And in the last days said God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream men. Dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon my handmaidens in those days, I will pour out my spirit. I'll show signs in the earth beneath. Wonders in the heavens above. Signs in the earth beneath. Wonders. We are so close to the heavens exploding in wonders because of the con- wicked condition of this world. As God sent wonder after wonder, sign after sign to Pharaoh, and still yet hardened his heart, he's going to get glory out of this. These people on this world will have no excuse as they hate the President of the United States for the good he stands for. They hate God. They hate Jesus. But he will be glorified in this. He will be honored in this. He will get himself honor. But in a church that flows in the miraculous. Now listen. I think we need to stay on this and major in this because we've so under covered the subject. That we've, we live here in this place and we don't need God. We got our doctors. We got our money. We got our education. We got this and we got that. Our nice homes, our cars. We are increased with goods and have need of nothing. You're a blind, naked, wretched. Wretched. You don't care about the sick. You don't care about the poor. You care about your stuff and your things. And you'll care about that when he shows up. Unless you shake yourself now. I believe in it. And I believe it's possible for a church. We've majored on minors. We've majored on, oh Lord. Mm. When we have the heart of God, we care about reaching people. With all of this here in this area, it's going to take more than just, you know, they tell me that, uh, People that hate me and that still today in this town run me down say, never heard a teacher, preacher like that in my life. Ask them, who's the great? Pastor Jim. See, good preaching don't cut it. Fancy words don't make it. Paul said he was in much trembling. I remember the first sermon I preached. I flat shook. It's a wonder if I didn't hold on to the pulpit, we'd have fell down, both of us together. It's not whether you shake. It's not whether you tremble. It's not whether your guts growl. It's got nothing to do with it. It's the Word, and it's the power of God. Paul told the church of Corinth, covet the gifts. He was not speaking to an individual, but the whole church. When we get in agreement and deeply desire these gifts of the Spirit, we will have them as the Spirit wills. God said he would pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. He would pour out gifts and miracles upon his handmaidens. If you read the life of Marie Woodworth Eder, it makes the book of Acts look like fairy tales. You read her life story and the miracles that happened in her life. She, they go to a city and stand outside of the city when they enter the city limits and shout victory. 
And in her meetings, there was such a move of God that people within a 15-mile radius would go into a trance, would go to heaven. I mean, just stop what they were doing. She preached one time like that and went into a trance and stood there three days. And when she came out of it, the meeting was back on, and she just took up where she was, left off. People would see heaven and see hell and would come to the kingdom of God. Such a move. People closed down their businesses and stores and things like that. It got rid of all the sin and the evil stuff. The deba- Have you seen the debauchery that's on television now? The hearts of men are turned to evil only. There are two witnesses that will stand up and be here during the tribulation, tribulation period. The last three and a half years in that period, they'll be in there. Their whole ministry will be miracles, signs, wonders. A last-ditch effort of God to call people in to show his power is greater than anything the Antichrist could do. And yet, in spite of all that, they would rather spend eternity in hell. But you know what? There'll be masses, though, that will come in with the miraculous. How many of you believe that? Is God going to do this? Is it God's will to do this? Is God looking for people to do this? Well, why not let it be you? Why not you decide that I'm going to be a miracle worker? <laughs> Hallelujah. One of the greatest ongoing working of miracles that I knew of in our century, in our lifetime, is the testimony of Ronnie Cohen. Ronnie Cohen, during the 50s and that time, there was a great revival on. He had pricked his eye with a wire, and it put out his eyeball, so they replaced it with a glass eye. He went to a meeting, and I'm not sure it was a lady evangelist or not. It might have been. But he had a cold or something, so they brought him up, not even knowing. The evangelist didn't even know about his eye. Laid hands on him, and God worked a miracle. But none of that, it's an ongoing miracle. He, can, he immediately started seeing through the glass eye. Shut off the eye when he could read. Not only that, you know, he can reach in and take it out. He can see through the socket. That is an ongoing working of miracles every day of, your life, every day of his life. What a testimony. Say, our God, our God is a wonder-working God. Wonder-working. Is that a wonder? Yeah. That makes you wonder. Yeah. Who was it telling us about that? Was it uh, Sister Leslie talking about the fellow that could hear? What was it she told us about one like that, a, a miracle where he could hear how the, the drums busted or something and she, he could hear? <sighs> Last but not least, listen to this. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 declares that God has sent miracles in the church. Why are we not seeing them? We're not hungry enough for them. But if the church gets hungry enough, is available, believes, and falls in love with the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, I believe our miracle-working God will show himself strong. Can you say amen? Amen. When we clean up our lives and get rid of uh, covetousness, greediness, love of money, lust of other things, lust of other things. Hey, you know why people don't come to church on Wednesday night? Because of love of other things. They love something else more than they love the Word. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. It's the truth anyhow. If I'm lying, I'm flying. It's the truth. You know it's true, don't you? If they love the word, they'd be here. Do I preach the word? Now listen carefully. Somewhere in your life, you're going to need this gift. But you heard it. Faith has come. You believe it. We're in one accord, aren't we? And at that moment, when you need it, all of a sudden, whoo, revelation will come to you. And you're going to remember, Pastor, talk about working of miracles. I can't do this. This is impossible. There's no way. I mean, humanly, it can't be done. <laughs> but spiritually, it can. Because there's a power in us that raised Christ from the dead. Everybody say, I believe believe this stuff. stuff. Amen. Amen. I want everybody to hold hands with somebody. Everybody touching everybody. I don't want a group parted or come over, get contact. We all 
join hands together. Implying we are one. If you're not in agreement with this, what I've said, you get out of this line and you move on outside. By this you're saying, I am in agreement. I am one with this. I am one with God. I am in faith. I expect it. Now, I'm going to touch one. Hallelujah. There are people in the body of Christ who have the ministry gift of the working of miracles. I don't know who...